Good morning, 710 News Radio 92.3. Wrong music, but it's the right music because we have a half hour early from normal. We have Mayor D.C. Reeves here in the studio with us, and we're going to take your calls, take your texts, 437-1620. If you want to ask him anything you want to ask him or propose an idea or, you know, whatever, the point is, is this is your chance to interact with him. And, uh, you know, I know sometimes people feel like, Maybe you feel like you don't have access to the people who make decisions or make things happen. I assure you, DC can make decisions and make things happen uh, and answer your questions and, you know, whatever they happen to be. I've got a couple of texts that have come in already 437 1620, 437 1620, either to call or to text. Uh, first one that came in a little while back. Oh, by the way, Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the. <laughs> Thank absolutely, you. you know, Thank we're you so doing much. our thing, Appreciate right? That. All right. Good morning, Mayor. I'm a senior citizen. I pay over $33 a month for sanitation service. But I put my trash out maybe twice a month. Why is sanitation service so much more in the city than in the county? And uh, why does the city even need to be in the trash business in the first place? Yeah, so um, first I would say uh, depends on when you're saying how much more. Um, I, my understanding, if I and, and I don't want to – you just had Bruce on. He could have told you exactly what know, the bill I know, was. I but uh, I, don't, I don't recall it being significantly more th- uh, than the county. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I can't speak to why uh, the city – got in the trash business but what i can tell you is we are proud of uh, our track record of customer service um you know there's a lot of scenarios where a city may third party out something mm-hmm. um it's not always the solution and and i can tell you that uh one of the main reasons i appreciate what our sanitation department does is is our track record of uh helping our customers our customer satisfaction as far as we measure it is very very good and uh you know again the, the answer is not always to go have a third party go do something uh that if there's an accident or they don't pick up your trash or they hit your mailbox that becomes a whole more complex uh, situation so um so certainly understand i mean look uh times are tough right now on costs on everything and that includes the city itself i mean the, the cost for us to do business uh is significantly expensive you just saw salary reform the largest that we had in history uh, to be able to pay people a fair wage so we can hire them to go uh, pick up trash and, right. and everything else so um, so, you know, there's some difficulty uh, in, in that, and I certainly understand, but I do think that the value of us having our own sanitation department outweighs some of the potential uh, consequences of that. All right. Very good. Let's see. We've got a... Uh... Okay. Um, so, uh, one of the other questions, and it kind of raises the issue of consolidation to me a little bit, which... I haven't heard that question put up a lot in the last couple of years. When I first moved here 10 years ago, that seemed to be always the question of should the city consolidate with the county? Um, you know, it, 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 I had the same question. I'm not a city resident, but it seemed like ECUA does a pretty good job. Would it not make it easier to just let them do all of it? Um, but that's, you know, as you say, something that in this case doesn't seem to be necessary, doesn't seem to be prudent. Is that right? Yeah. And, and again, I, I'm sure there's a scenario you could run where that would make sense. And, and, uh, but again, I feel like uh, if we were having major issues uh, at sanitation, I, I then, you know, or, or at, at any point, you know, in the last 20 years, right. then, then maybe those are the conversations you start to have, but I feel good about where we are. Uh, and as I said, I, I, you know, the fact that, that, uh, you know, I think we've got operations, you know, hum along pretty well. And, and I, I would stand our track record up against anybody in terms of, uh, the people, what you get uh, for your money, you know, gotcha. and so, uh, you know, I, th- I continue to, I will continue to grow and we'll continue to evolve in our, in our department, but I feel about real good about where we are at. Uh, four, three, seven, 1620. If you want to call or text the mayor. Also, by the way, if you, 
do call, you know, we may just be patient. Jake's got to handle all the calls. <laughs> so just be patient if that happens to be the case. And try. Uh, you might, you, 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 you do good, but you may call while somebody else is calling. It may take him a second to get to you. Um, somebody says, in regards to the mayor, I would like his thoughts about putting light changing capabilities for ambulances at busier intersections. I live at Davis and Airport. I see many instances where the ambulance has to uh, wait to cross the intersection. People just will not stop and allow them through. Technology to allow emergency responders, first responders to just, you know, red light every direction, I basically, is I think how this would wind up working. Yeah, I, I believe since I've even uh, been in office, I believe there's been a conversation with FDOT and others about some um, some kind of consolidation of so, in synchronization of traffic lights i don't know if that's city and county or all city Mm -hmm. um i I don't have the latest update on that but uh i know we were moving in that direction that there was and it's a multi-million dollar uh endeavor uh that we were working alongside state and county partners uh, to be able to allow as it was described to me if we knew there was a fire at um at one of our at Pensacola State College, you'd be able to flip all those lights and right. get, and get uh, traffic through there. So I know that's being worked on and, and certainly is a good idea. I don't think anybody would uh, say otherwise. Um, but, yeah, I don't have the latest update on okay. that. I'd have and, to- and we have, you know, we are in the process of putting the um, ATMS, the Advanced Traffic right. Management System, in place, adding lights, you know, in both counties and also the center that's going to be completed, going to be built over there on W Street by the Emergency exactly. Operations Center. Yep. So we're kind of like moving in this direction, but I think the particular – you know, the big red button on the front of the ambulance, you know, to, to, to stop the lights in the vicinity. Don't, you know, they don't have that capability. Uh, let's see. Somebody says 437-1620. Um, okay, let's uh, get on the phone. We got Chris uh, from Pensacola. Uh, Chris, you had a question about uh, surveying and budgets. Is that right? Uh, yes. Good morning. I'm curious, as a mayor... With city council meetings, boards, et cetera, do you, is it ever a topic to see, to survey on how you can give money back to citizens by lowering costs or taxes? Uh, uh, thanks, Chris. The, um, uh, obviously, that you, you know you would hear in a council meeting if that has you know uh, been a conversation. But I, I guess the bigger question is how do we figure out how we treat the taxpayer money? And um, and look, I, I think at the end of the day, I just we just talked about. Um, Cities and counties and governments aren't immune to when things are going up by 10 and 15 percent to be able to provide service. We're not immune to that. I wish we were. Um, And so uh, that isn't something a decision a mayor makes or a county administrator makes uh, that things that bringing the services to the citizen uh, continue to have rising costs and rising inflation, rising costs of equipment. Um, And uh, so how do we best manage that? And again, try to respect uh, the taxpayer dollar. So uh, what I would say is, no, I don't think it's as uh, blunt as we have. We talk in a council meeting about, how, you know, how we can lower costs. I, I can tell you just as an anecdotal example, um, we've we've had dozens of jobs that have been open for a year, 18 months, mm-hmm. which means we can't provide you the service that we need because the job isn't filled. Uh, and how we countered salary reform is by eliminating positions in that spirit of what you ask is. So, uh, you know, all I, what I can tell you is I try to treat the taxpayer dollar, every dollar of the $315 million budget as if it was my own, like when I ran my own business and said, hey, you know, w- 
there's some decisions where we're going to have to invest in something and there's some ways that we can try to save dollars. So uh, we try to do that administratively, again, not so much in a council meeting, so to speak, um, but any ideas or any su suggestions for solutions out there that uh, that we can save taxpayer dollars are, of course, always open-minded to. Mayor, I am going to make a, um, a communication suggestion for you. Please. Um, I would recommend that uh, in the future, it may be not the best way to just say it, that you treat the $300-plus million of the city budget as if it's your own. <laughs> <laughs> that not, you, yes, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. With the I same, treat it with the care, with, with the same caution was, and care that yeah, you yeah, treat. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> not, not that you think yeah. of it as your own money. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's a funny way to say it. Uh, okay, somebody says. Uh, so the city wants the old Baptist hospital. Now the city wants the old school with heavy damage from Sally. That's the Gibson School that you just talked about yesterday in your in your press conference. DC has to come up with some way to fund to demolish the old Baptist, and if he gets the old school, that'll have to be destroyed. I see $20 million for Old Baptist. Uh, why not just sell the property and let them figure it all out? I don't see why the city needs to be in, in the land development business. Yeah, so uh, let's start with Baptist. Uh, I agree with that, and it's why this needs to be funded in one year. So let's talk about treating things with the care uh, of that, as if they were mine uh, or this was, if this was my investment, then uh, I would not put the city taxpayer in a position where they, we, we would take on the property. I think there's a little misnomer in that question that we already possess the property. We do not. Uh, this is Baptist property. Uh, the reality is, uh, as has happened in many communities, those buildings sitting there for 8, 9, 10, 12 years is not good for anybody. And, and I agree, absolutely. I don't think anybody at Baptist would disagree that the primary responsibility rests with the hospital. Uh, they, they went and built a new hospital. They knew that they would have an old campus. And how do we get this thing down? Now, as that story has evolved from believing it was an asset uh, and then now ultimately it being a liability uh, over the now, the, I would say, I don't know, Andrew, the last two, three years of time that we've had this conversation. Um, so as that story has evolved on Baptist side, we're trying to play an active role in what could happen in our neighborhoods, in our city, um, and what in the transformational opportunity that exists. That being said, I absolutely agree. We, the city shouldn't take on the property unless we've got the full funding of which to make sure that we can do what we say we're going to do. Now, in the end, if we snap our fingers, we have $16.5 million. That number is accurate. And we've got 36 uh, shovel-ready acres or close to shovel-ready acres to then leverage for, ha for affordable housing. That becomes our subsidy, right? It's all of our blood, sweat, and tears to go get all of this funding. The end result is the city possesses these acres of which to leverage to get things that are good for our community, whether that be K through eight school, whether that be affordable housing. Um, so, and, and the Gibson School really, I look at it as the same thing. It, it, you know, five hundred seventy thousand dollar price tag. It's an entire city block. Uh, we're not limited to only working with that building. And I don't, as I said in my press conference yesterday, I, I don't have any intent. Uh, for the, that to become some city facility that we have to maintain. Right. Uh, you guys know where I stand on that. I, I, I try to get out of the maintenance business. But I do think that there's some compounding positive impact we can have by purchasing an entire city block, be it affordable housing and others, uh, and then be able to position that building to save it and then step out of the way for to allow someone else to own, operate, maintain ground lease, whatever the case may be. There's a there's a path to victory here, and we'll obviously get into more details as this becomes more concrete. There's a lot of work left. There's a lot of, there's a lot of walk up work for yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, so we can get more into those details. But that's why I said yesterday, I have no intent uh, at the Gibson School that this becomes some city owned facility that 
we are now uh, carrying the lemon, you know, and, and that's and that's the same thing in Baptist. I, I, we're, that, I'm not going to do a multi-year funding project or anything like that that's going to put us behind the eight ball. Um, so, yes, do we have a role in this as a city at Baptist? Absolutely, I, I think, because it can transform really one of our most vulnerable parts of our city. But, talking to- you know, but do we, I think at the end of the day, we've got to make sure that we're fiscally responsible and that we don't put the taxpayer in a bad position. DC Reeves is here in studio for the full hour, taking your texts, your calls. I got a whole bunch of texts lined up. We'll get to them as quickly as we can. Jake, uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Take a quick time out here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Here's today's strength for life. Excuses are destroying your success. Luke 14 records the devastating effects of being an excuse maker. One man said that he couldn't attend the master's supper because he had to prove oxen, while another said he had purchased land that he must go see. Yet a third man had just married a wife and therefore he couldn't attend. Their excuses were cloaked in half-truths, nonsense, and self-will. As a result, the master invited the poor, halt, lame, and blind to his dinner. The self-willed people rejected the supper, but the desperate-hearted people received the supper. In the seats of the original invitees sat poor, halt, lame, and blind. If excuse makers don't want to enjoy the benefits that God provides, someone else will. You can choose your excuses, but you don't get to choose the consequences. So beware of being an excuse maker. For more Strength for Life, check out our website at strengthforlife.church. As she stared at me through the window, I realized the time we spent in the backyard on her trailer just wasn't fulfilling. We used to have so much fun on the water. I just couldn't crank her up. But Key Marine did. Fun days on the bay are back. And my Yamaha outboard runs better than ever. Key Marine gets the work done and lets you handle the fun. Key Marine, your Yamaha outboard dealer on Bower Road in Pensacola. Google Key Marine or find them on Facebook. Tune into the Pensacola Expert Panel today for Fleet Street's inaugural show. Micaiah, owner of Fleet Street, and his guest Amy, the organizer of the Double Bridge Run, will be talking about running and walking opportunities in Pensacola and the new Fleet Feet location on Guard Street. Also, the services Fleet Feet offers shoe fitting, in store fit ID foot scans, running walking coach training at Fleet Feet, and more. Text or call your questions for the Pensacola Expert Panel at 850 437 1620, weekdays from 9 to 11 on News Radio 923 AM 1620. All the big national news in a conversation with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins from 11 till 2 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. My database does not encompass the dynamics of human peer bonding. with Mayor D.C. Reeves here in studio for a full hour, taking your questions, 437-1620 by text or by phone, whichever way you want to do it. Bayview Dog Park needs dirt, dump trucks full of dirt. While they're spreading the dirt, we need more anti-erosion barriers installed to hold the dirt in the park. New gates are needed badly. The current ones have rotted and are about to fall apart at the most popular dog park in both counties. Could could not agree more. Uh, I actually had this conversation right when Ben Heistein, uh, Heistein, our uh, Parks and Rec director, started, and he's been doing a great job trying to get his arms around lots of deferred maintenance, mm-hmm. lots of things. You know, before he even really gets to dive into the day-to-day, we're saying, hey, let's look organizationally about where we are and where we stand. Um, but I've already had emails going back and forth with uh, Ben, Tanya, from a, probably, I would say, six, eight weeks ago. Uh, where I said the exact same thing. It, it, it's not something uh, the way it looks right now to be proud of. And uh, even if that means 
we don't have our entire exact ranked priority list of what need, what our deferred maintenance is, that's probably going to be one that that we're going to make an executive decision and jump in on because uh, I agree. It's not it, there's old furniture out there. Uh, we had started to actually have some conversations with the East Hill Neighborhood Association about you know, what could go there, what they want to see. Uh, but it's in it's not again, uh, that's the best way to say it. Not something that the city really uh, sh- should be or is proud of. And I think it's something we're going to jump on pretty and quickly. I agree with that assessment. It's super used. I mean, you can't no, go there no and question. there's not five, 10, 20 dogs, people. I mean, it's all the time. It's just like no that. question. It's, de- it's definitely on our radar. And, and it's something I want to move on personally. Uh, the parking changes in downtown, 437-1620. The parking changes in downtown Pensacola is really a problem for most residents. Uh, can there be a discount for those of us with Santa Rosa or Escambia County plates? Can I give a shot at this one? I think, uh, I think I know what you're going to say. I don't know. This is risky. I think I can give uh, your answer. Go ahead. Um, price is not the primary issue. Mm-hmm. Functionality of the app, which I know you said yesterday you're in transition. The new app is being used more than, you know, you're kind of ahead of schedule with that. Um, but actually the goal is to use price as a form of incentive to get spaces to turn over because the real issue is scarcity of supply versus demand um so discounting the space is probably contrary to the basic idea of what you're trying to accomplish how close did i get uh, pretty good uh, the only th- but i would only have prefaced by saying are you talking about red spaces or blue spaces? okay fair enough yeah. anything that's cost based you always have to look because the next question usually is i paid 20 dollars to park downtown well then that means that was a private lot so remember right now as it sits today we are paying it's 30 minutes free 50 cents an hour is what you pay in a city space. So if you paid more than that, then I, then that's not in the city's purview at this point. Um, and all that's being proposed on the policy side for us in the coming months would be going to a dollar an hour, which uh, our studies show, our metrics show that uh, a city our size with our average household income factored in should be charging a dollar seventy nine an hour. We are not going to do that. We're going to, we're charging a dollar an hour, and um, so again, that's what I would say is take a look at where you're parking because if it's more than fifty cents an hour, then you're on someone's private property that's charging you what they want to charge you. What's you had also talked about expanding the conversion from free to paid spaces and expanding the hours uh, to midnight, if I remember correctly, that's from correct. 5 or 7 o'clock. Is that still on the plan? Yeah, that's still on the table. We don't have a set exact time. We're looking at, obviously, April, May. What we really want to do is get our feet under us with this app. With the, yeah, okay. yeah, we don't want to confuse matters. Um, and even the uh, if we extend the geography of paid spaces, even that's going to be a phased approach once that starts. We're not going to just say, Let's take what was in the study and make all of those pay. And and we've had some good conversation. And again, we're, we're here to listen. We don't think we have all the answers. Uh, one conversation that came up is some of the suggestions up by Wright Street that there's a lot of churches there. Now, yeah. now again, parking's free on Sundays. Right. Uh, keep that in mind. But there's a lot of other things that happen there and what happens to the impact of the congregations of those of those churches and, and lots of nonprofit work that's happening up there. Um, so we're trying to factor all of that in and, and keep it. And, and I always end the, the in inventory conversation with there will still be more pay, uh, free spaces than there are paid spaces <laughs> even after this change. Very good. We're talking to Mayor D.C. Reeves. Got a bunch more questions we'll ask him when we come back. Your questions, 437-1620. You can call or you can text. We've got a bunch of texts coming in, so I appreciate that. And I know that's a little more convenient for an awful lot of you, especially you uh, Gen Zers who are scared of the phone, you know, these days. I understand. I can relate. David Wayne's got your local news coming up next right after Fox, and we'll get back to Mayor Reeves after that. Good 
740 here on News Radio 923. Uh, I told you the time would go quickly. <laughs> We're already more than halfway done. We got Mayor DC Reeves here in studio with us taking your calls, your texts at 437 1620, a radio town hall. Let's go right back to the text, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I would ask the mayor, why do we need a downtown improvement board at this point in time? It seems to have run its course. I would much prefer the money be used for other things. Thanks. Well, I think I promised I'd be rapid fire. Uh, the rest of these, to get as many oh, questions yeah. so as if, we if can. So, if he sounds terse, it's because he's trying to make sure we get all the questions well, answered. Well, re- remember, the Downtown Improvement Board pays its own millage. So I, I think you have to understand that those dollars, if we were to get rid of the Downtown Improvement Board, don't necessarily just convey to the city. So uh, anybody who owns property within that district pays two mills. Uh, of which to use those funds in ways that they can uh, see improvement in downtown. So I, I think in that respect, if you're paying the millage and you agree with it and you have some say and some extra millage that you want to pay, I don't see that there's necessarily an issue with that. So, um, you know, I, I like what they're doing. Yes, it's evolved over the years, but uh, I like what they're doing. Can they opt out? Of paying if they own a business downtown, or not, is it mandatory? Not, no, I think it's mandatory. Okay, that might that be. District. This now, might be somebody who's got a business and doesn't like having to pay for it anymore. Exactly, and if you were going to grow the area, then that would be a referendum and some other things like that. Those conversations have happened because it's a kind of a, a an archaic. I believe the current DIB zone was constructed in 1972. I believe okay. so. Uh, why are we again text your questions or call 437 1620 uh, this is kind of a theme we're seeing this morning why are we willing to spend so much money on the Baptist Hospital property but we can't even keep the or and fix the Bay Bluffs Park or the fill in the blank and Malcolm yeah. Young Gym right let me an, let me I'll answer that in more a general sense let's use a better apples to apples I, I could see someone asking well why would you spend money on the Gibson school for five hundred seventy thousand, uh, and not on Bay Bluffs Park. It's because that's CRA money, and and the community redevelopment money, where we get ninety five percent of the millage within those zones, can only be spent in those zones. So uh, that's a microcosm of a lot of answers to questions like that that I get, where you say, "Why are you spending on X and not on Y?" Mm-hmm. It's not that simple. Uh, the, the most simple dollars to spend are general fund dollars, and those are rarely spent on these capital projects because that's for operations of the city and and, and to pay payroll and things like that. So um, there's all Always some things typically earmarked on what you can and can't spend. Uh, But we continue, and and it says spend money on Baptist. At this point, we're talking about a million dollars of CRA coming straight from the city on Baptist. We've received a $5 million grant, and we're going to try to conjure up all of the funding uh, for the city of Pensacola. So I want to be clear. uh, There is not a significant spend that is on the line at this point uh, for city residents as as it pertains to Baptist. Understanding funding streams and restrictions on those funding streams is, I mean, a little bit maddening, you know, but that is a lot of times the answer. Even like the uh, talking about the Baptist property, you explained yesterday that the $5 million community development block grant that you've got can only go for 100% commercial development. So you can't even do like a store with a, a rental apartments above. Correct. And so that can really best only go to the two and a half million for the out parcels, not for the main towers. That's and correct. All of those kinds of things uh, can be issues where, you know, but what the ordinary person sees is, well, I want to be able to go to Bay Bluffs Park. Uh, exactly. How can you spend money on anything when I can't go to Bay Bluffs when Park? When I get that question, I don't blame people. For right, I get it right. because if I wasn't in this business, I wouldn't understand, sure. you know, all of those different, uh, the different strings you have to pull to make that stuff kind of stuff happen. Uh, this uh, this is a question about us. Uh, Mayor Reeves, why does the Port of Pensacola advertise on the radio who pays for this advertisement? Um, the Port of Pensacola. Uh, it's its own enterprise. The airport does advertising. Um, the uh, Pensacola Energy does advertising. Uh, those are all enterprises of which they have their own 
P&L statement, and uh, and they make the best decisions that they can uh, in terms of being successful. They make a decision like any other business would. Um, what are the best three pizzas in Pensacola? Oh, man. Like companies? <laughs> uh, it's a pretty uh, open question. Yeah. Oh, you can get man. yourself in a lot of trouble here. Well, you know what? I'm going to give a shout-out to the new Lost Pizza, mainly because it's right down by my house. Um, and so we've gone there many times. The new Lost Pizza down on Barrancas right there. I'm going to give them my shout-out of the day. Fair enough. Uh, I am curious. 437-1620. I am curious about landscaping and appearance on the approach to downtown from the I-10, I-110 exit ramp to Garden Street. Yes. Uh, recently, we had guests in our car from out of town, and as we exited the interstate, there's construction debris, trash, weeds, overgrowth, etc., yet the signage announces historical district, which would tend to be an invitation to something wonderful. And, of course, not that long ago, and even sometimes still, you have homeless mm-hmm. issues. Uh, why is that approach to our beautiful downtown so unkept, unkempt and scary? Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, what you really have to look at is, uh, number one, it depends on exactly where, where you're talking about. But uh, as you come off of an interstate, that may not necessarily be, uh, you know, our property. That doesn't mean it's not our issue. Sure. Uh, same thing with Garden Street. That's a state road. Uh, but we, as you remember, we did the beautification within the medians and Garden Street. That was a, a project that we're working on. And we're actually uh, in conversations with the current vendor to make sure that they're living up to their responsibilities of upkeep for the certain amount of time after they had installed. So, um, so I, I agree that's, that's a work in progress and it's, and it's always, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think for 20 years that's been, uh, or more, as long as I can remember, uh, I don't think the city is, uh, that's been the best welcome, uh, coming off of the interstate where most people, most visitors are going to come in from. Uh, but I will say that we are making improvements at that. I think it looks better than it did a year ago or two years ago. Uh, and we'll continue as we look at an overhaul of everything that we're doing, our landscaping, our parks, our maintenance, uh, those are obviously things that are on our list to make sure look as good as possible. But we do understand the gravity of uh, the situation when it comes to what the first impression of people coming in is. So it doesn't mean we have that perfect yet, but we understand and we do value that. And, and, I, and I would add to that, even going west, if you're like, you're going to the beaches, it's almost, I had never thought of it until this person asked the question, but the first thing you see coming down going eastbound onto Chase is you see you know, chain link fences and yep. it looks like kind of semi abandoned property. The tech park's vacant and all that. And I don't know what would be an opportunity for something because that's a welcome mat, too, even though we don't think of it that way. And it's temporary because they're only there for a couple of blocks. But, um, you know, we're working on the inbound from Gulf Breeze. The inbound from I-110 is, you know, a, 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 as you as a business owner, you know, welcoming people to town. When you were 18, you spent your spring break in Cancun. The party was legendary and you speak of it often, even though. You don't remember half of it. The geeky kid who sat across from you in math class stayed home, practicing calculus. You made fun of her. A lot. That is, until last year, when you owed the IRS a lot of money and called the certified public accountants at Benakis and Associates. And she answered the phone. Who's laughing now? The number crunchers at Benakis and Associates live and breathe accounting and tax preparation. It's practically in their DNA. When you need to know what the heck a Form 656-PPV is, call Benakis and Associates. When you need a QuickBooks Pro Advisor, call Benakis and Associates. When you need someone who practices long division for fun, call Benakis and Associates. Now in the historic district on 120 South Alconies and online at flacpas.com. Benakis and Associates. Leave the numbers to the experts. 
It's a new year and that means new savings on your next Volkswagen from Pete Moore Imports. Remember 0% financing? Well, it's returned to Pete Moore Imports and is now available on all 2023 Volkswagen Tiguan and Taos crossover models. In addition to 0% financing, Pete Moore Imports is discounting those models like the 2023 Taos SE now from $31,245 and the 2023 Tiguan SE R-Line now from $34,791. Both discounted models offer 0% financing for 60 months and with the new year comes the 2024 atlas se now from 38696 and the 2024 atlas cross sport se from 37361 start saving this month at feedmore imports they're not in car city so you won't pay car city prices feedmore imports is on new warrington road pensacola special apr rate for qualifying credit through bci sale price before tag tax title and associated dealer fees must take delivery by february 29 2024 for details. Hey, this is Dr. Ben McMillan. I do a show on the Pensacola Expert Panel. We talk about your health problems. Let me educate you about the Activator Method of Adjusting, which offers a safe and effective alternative to traditional manual adjustments. So whether you've been hurt in a car accident or been suffering from back or neck pain, chiropractic care could be your solution and not just a temporary fix. Join me this Friday on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. It's time to gear up for success in 2024 with the latest and greatest gear at Jim's Firearms, your one-stop destination for everything firearms. Enhance your shooting experience with cutting-edge optics, illuminate your target with powerful lights and lasers, and carry with confidence using state-of-the-art holsters. They have everything you need to dominate the range. Jim's Firearms at the corner of Sorrento Road at Blue Angel Parkway or shop online at jimsfirearms.net. Gear up and make 2024 your best year on the range. Attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. They have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters. For matters in Tennessee, visit CordellCordell.com. 200 West Martin Luther King Boulevard, Suite 1000, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37402. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. Informative, local, dependable. There will be an additional springboard installed for Melvin's Die, the Triple Lindy. Is that hard? That's impossible. We're into our final segment here with Mayor DC Reeves here in studio on News Radio 92.3. And uh, I will pass along questions that don't get in that get answered. I'll pass along to them. Um, and, you know, maybe figure out a way to get him to get back to you. I don't know, something. Uh, but let's see if we can't get through as many of these as possible. Again, 437-1620. Uh, Mr. Mayor, there seems to be an increase in homeless living and sleeping on Palafox in front of businesses, sidewalks. Very embarrassing when I bring people in town uh, to show Pensacola off with trash blankets mattresses in our main street what can we do yeah that's this is a longer answer than the long segment but i'll give you the very the, the abridged version um it's we've hired two uh, community response specialists uh in our downtown to uh to engage uh with 
people uh, who are homeless that have mental health issues uh, and be able to get them to the right place. We've taken some proactive steps. We've doubled our CRA uh, police uh, enforcement uh, down there. And at the end of the day, that this is a much more complex issue than people think. This is not an issue where you can tell anybody to do anything anywhere. Uh, so how we navigate this, what I believe the solution long term is, is we have to have a low barrier shelter. If you go to the city of Gainesville, they lowered visible homelessness by 53% by opening a low barrier shelter, uh, that it's not necessarily faith-based or that you have to meet a certain criteria to be able to enter the shelter. Uh, because if you don't have that, where do you go? And and when you, when you don't have that, when you ask someone, do you want to be here? Do you, would you like opportunity to get your life in order? Uh, where And you, they say, yeah, sure. And they say, oh, well, never mind. We don't have anywhere to take you. Um, that becomes an issue. So the data suggests that, uh, look, the homeless uh, situation, it is here. It is real. There's no question about it. Uh, but we don't. We need to start building the tools in our toolbox to be able to, to combat visible homelessness. There's no question about it. Uh, I live in Cordova Park. What's the status on Summit Boulevard? Are you guys still going to monkey that up? <laughs> Can I steal that term for a council meeting? It's it yours. Uh, nothing is being monkeyed up or down uh, or otherwise. There was a study that that precluded or preceded me. Excuse me. Uh, that about whether that should be two lanes. Uh, there's no action being taken at this point. The study is complete, and uh, we got an active transportation plan. We we've got bigger priorities that we're focused on at this point per the active transportation plan that were higher than Summit Boulevard. You know what we need is we need a study on the value of studies. Yeah. Because a lot of studies over the years have not been worth their value, unfortunately. Uh, Speaking of which, you did mention this yesterday, but uh, the tennis facility, Roger Scott, is in process. February. Almost ready. February to come back February just need about four more coats of acrylic, which requires good weather and no rain. So, obviously, been a little tough lately, but uh, uh, it's looking like February they'll be ready to go. Uh, prior to the 2010, city had an entire division devoted to unsafe buildings, working without a permit and other building and zoning issues. Uh, building zoning code enforcement department largely responsible for the removal of several unsafe buildings and nuisance buildings throughout the Pensacola community. Uh, dismantled for budgetary reasons, would you consider reinstating a department like that? Uh, I mean, I, I look at everything. We just we just created a new department because we weren't taking care of the things that we had. We we have a fleet and facilities department now. That is, fleet was a second a secondary department under another department, and facilities was a secondary department under another department, and that wasn't priority enough, I believe. Uh, and so we've we've changed that. So we'll always look at uh, at any opportunity. But I will tell you what where you'll start to see positive change within that realm is we're overhauling a lot of archaic code, uh, code enforcement. Uh, excuse okay. me. Uh, uh, policies, procedures uh, to tighten those things up and be able to give us a little more teeth to be able to make sure that your neighbors are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I think that's where you'll see that first step of positive change. Related question, uh, how much money do you think you'll save by standing up the new deferred maintenance or the, you know, the maintenance and uh, facilities department? Or is that just because you had to do that in self-defense to get a grip on the problem? Uh, I, I would say the latter is the primary reason. It wasn't uh, necessarily a cost savings, but I do believe where the cost savings will be realized is not allowing buildings to get to where they were. Uh, look, Think about Malcolm Young. You think about the Cobb Center, the amount of money we're going to now spend, uh, even at the Cobb Center, to keep that in place. Imagine if we had this department 10 years ago that, would, that had a hyper focus on all these facilities. Maybe we don't let it get to that point. So I, I couldn't give you a dollar amount, but if we do this right, where we're saving the money is we're not getting dropped these million-dollar-plus bombs that we keep getting dropped uh, on us uh, <laughs> unannounced, uh, you know, and, and just right in our lap. And so that's where the cost savings should come in. Uh, roads are in bad shape. A Street, Jackson Street, Garden Street by Joe Petty's Restaurant, uh, you know, downtown. Gar- I mean, just We got a lot of that. 
your answer? Yeah, we well, we actually are talking about our paving. Uh, you know, hopefully LOST five gets uh, passed, where that can help us start paying for some of that paving, and we're at the end of LOST four. Uh, but we keep an eye, on, and we have a priority list of what needs to be paid first. So uh, that's what I can tell you. Garden is a state road. Right, Remember, right. the state road differential. That's not things that we pave. Ninth Avenue, Garden Street, etc. So depends on the street, uh, but always. Feel free to share that with us, DC Reeves at cityofpensacola.com. You know, if there's something that you want to point out, certainly I'll make sure that it's on our list. What is happening with recycling? Uh, we continue to have uh, conversations on both fronts, both curbside, and uh, that we uh, might ease ourselves into a second assisted drop off like we have on Palafox, maybe at the summit location. Um, and so we, I, I believe our sanitation director said we had more cardboard than he's ever seen, uh, after Christmas over at summit Boulevard. So, um, so still moving, no, no exact solution yet. Uh, but we continue to work on it. We had a conversation about it on Monday. All right. Very good. Uh, wondering why airport employees parking keeps getting moved and the rules keep changing. Um, all of these folks are ambassadors for our city. Yeah. So look, I think at the end of the day, we've got to make sure that we've got, uh, the airport is built for customers to use the airport. We were in certainly a dire situation having to move and we appreciate uh, the employees having to, uh, the inconvenience of a shuttle temporarily uh, to be able to, to make sure that we could get the people that at the end of the day, if we don't have customers, the airport doesn't work. So we got to make sure that, that, uh, you know, I, I could tell you at my business, uh, you know, our, our employees were asked to not you know, necessarily park in the front row. And that's, you know, sometimes I, I gave away my parking space. The, the mayor used to have a parking space. I don't have one. I don't need one. I, I park where everybody else parks. I'm not any better than uh, anyone in that respect either. So uh, sometimes we have to make those sacrifices and, um, and, you know, we'll, and, and fortunately we are well on our way to another 400 spaces and this won't be an issue moving forward. A couple of questions here, four, three, seven, 16, 20. You'll like this one. I want to work for the city. What website do I go to? Um, this is easy. The easiest one I've gotten all day, uh, cityofpensacola.com. We do really do have a jobs page. We update it all the time. So uh, that stays very, very updated. Make sure you go to the jobs page at, our, at the City of Pensacola website. Uh, did the skate park money come from the same pot of money that uh, you could have used to rebuild Malcolm Young Gym? I'm going to add on to that, presuming you had known the issues were needed. Well, that's hard to say because the skate park money was allocated before I took the job. Exactly. So I, I, I couldn't tell you that. And that wasn't I, did, I didn't have the choice of those alternate decisions regardless. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have that information. That's it. An hour. Can I just tell you one of the things that I, I have most appreciated about you as mayor is your basic philosophy of that's not my fault or my responsibility, but I might be able to do something to help with that. I'll see what I can do. I love that approach. Mayor, thank you for the time. Of course, thank you. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.